Kyoto Wellington. It's B-Side Stories on Wellington Access Radio. Stories of the people who make Wellington tick. I'm Laura. I'm Perrine, and I'm excited to have in the studio someone who is known to many people around Newtown and just found out that she's never been on B-Side Stories before. Um, she's very involved in the community, always in with the Time Bank and many other things. We are talking to Dr. Marion Layton. Kia ora, Marion. Kia ora, Perrine. Nice to be here. Thank you. So you are a Wellington doctor and also the founder of Doctors for Active and Safe Transport. Yes. And you are aiming to bring healthier living through active transport. Yes, yes. we are indeed. So what's kind of, um, what's the role of doctors in encouraging this here? So we got started as Doctors for Active Safe Transport because we were aware that there was um, a gap in preventative healthcare, uh, well, in, in promoting healthy lifestyles. We deal so much as the ambulance at the bottom of the cliff of having, once people are sick, they then come to our attention rather than actually getting out there and stopping from be people from being sick in the first place. And when cycleways first started being introduced to Wellington, particularly the very controversial Island Bay cycleway, which was an excellent piece of engineering, but failed at the consultation level and as a result has ended up being very difficult to move forward in terms of cycleways. And an engineering friend of mine said, why you doctors, why aren't you out there campaigning for this? And I made the usual mumble mumble, we're busy, you know. <laughs> and then I said, bumped into a colleague the next day and said, oh, I wonder if we should say something because actually we're a really trusted group. We know the evidence. We really do know what we're talking about and we're coming at it from a different angle. We're not just trying to make changes to people's lives for the sake of it that might be seen by the council, which I disagree with. I think our council engineers and experts are excellent. But we're coming at it from a different angle. We're looking at people and their long-term health gains. And there have been a number of studies in the last few years that have shown not getting to work by private transport makes the biggest difference to your health outcomes long term in terms of not getting um, coronary artery disease, heart attacks, not getting strokes, not getting type 2 diabetes and renal failure and all the things that I deal with on a daily basis exercising every day is one of the key parameters to that and the easiest way for people to fit it in is on their commute. Yep, so the idea is that your workload lightens a little bit. Well, it would be nice if that <laughs> happened. But the reality is, with populations increasing, our workload will probably stay static, even if loads of people get healthier. There, We've never been in this position before where millions of people are getting old and expecting to live an, uh, an active, independent lifestyle into their old age. But to do that, you've got, you've got to get there healthy and stay healthy during it. And we know that eating a healthy diet and exercise regularly are the two best things that can make you live a healthy lifestyle into your old age. And so promoting that all the way through people's um, life will enable them to live healthier for as long as they're going to live for. Right. So we're talking biking. Biking. We're talking walking. Yep. What about all these new options, e-scooters and those skateboards oh, that are propelled by batteries or whatever. <laughs> Is that also offering health benefits? 
I think there is evidence that all the micromobility options are offering health benefits. Micromobility. <laughs> and so that's anything where you kind of are self-propelled oh. self and um, that isn't involving a, a large vehicle like a car or a bus or other things that may need parking on the street and may need other infrastructure to enable its ongoing use. Um, obviously, if we had more space for all of those transport options, then there would be um, less argument about them. And while there's lots of discussion at the moment as to what micromobility options can be on the pavement, should it just be for pedestrians? Um, should it be for bicycles as well? Can children on bicycles be on the pavement? At the moment, you know, that is okay, but there's still arguments around it. What about e-scooters? Some of them do go pretty fast. Um, and actually, we probably shouldn't be fighting over who's allowed on the pavement because the big elephant in the room here is the parked car. If you got rid of the parked mm. car from the main highways, then you would have the most main thoroughfares through Wellington. You'd have a whole extra lane in every direction for all of those extra means of people getting about to be able to go backwards and forwards and to be able to get around without being at risk from the car and without getting in the way of the pedestrian. Um, but going back to your original question, uh, yes, I think all of these things are really good. Admittedly, if I'm completely biased, walking and cycling is better because you're <laughs> using your own energy to get there. But anything that gets people up and about and walking around and being out in the in the great outdoors is really fabulous for their their long term health. Mm. And so, does your group have ideas on? practical ways that this might happen or are you more on the encouragement side of it like how do you get rid of all those parked cars okay. in the central city and the yeah. inner city suburbs so as a group of doctors so we very quickly recruited 140 um, senior doctors from Wellington Hospital who were interested in this and I um, recruiting doctors is a bit like herding cats so you know we've got over a third of the senior doctors in Wellington Hospital be uh, pleased to step forward and say we think this is a really important um, thing to do and we agreed that we would be um, available to put the health perspective forward on any consultation around transport. So we're not there to reinvent the wheel around the right engineering solution or even the right solution for a suburb and for a population. Anything that makes people more likely to get out and be safe on bicycles and walking and using scooters and any other means of getting around and being able to use the buses and other public transport more easily, we will be there if it is going to improve their health um, over the long term. And there's two aspects to improving the health. There's the safety aspect. People need to feel safe when they're doing this. And that's where the separated cycleways comes in. Mm -hmm. And people need to do it all the time in order to gain the long term health benefits. Right, so you're working on how to make the Wellington winters a little bit less gnarly? Or? Well, I'd like to think that that would make a big difference. But when we look at the cities that do this really well, it's all the way through the Netherlands, it's Copenhagen, it's northern European cities that have below freezing winters. They have gale force winds, possibly not quite as often as we do, but it's really unpleasant weather in winter in those northern European cities. And yet they still have cycle-friendly areas, they have loads of people out walking and they do it really well. So actually our weather is not a setback to being able to get people out of their private cars and have more people cycling and walking around the city. Mm -hmm. You talked, you mentioned buses and public transport before and um, there's, yeah, there's a kind of a bit of a 
discussion at the moment with COVID-19 about buses and people riding on them, people getting close. What's what's your advice or your that. take there? So the take for COVID-19, the, the messages are really simple. We want people to be doing physical distancing. So that's being one to two metres apart from each other at, at most of the time. And certainly for if you're going to be um, in someone's presence, you want to be only close to each other for 15 minutes or less. But that means if you are someone who's taking the bus every day, and buses are still way better than being on um, in your own private car from a long-term health perspective, you okay. want to be... Um, you want fewer people on those buses. And so more people who can walk and cycle um, during that time, the better it will be for the people who need to take the bus. If you have no other options but to take the bus, that's really great because taking the bus is still um, a good thing. Uh, but better maybe than can, a car. Well, two issues. Way better than a car for long-term health is you do want to be fit. If you're going to get sick from any virus, you want to be fit and healthy going into being sick. And so in that regard, it's better than... you're more fit as a bus rider. You're more fit as a bus rider than a... Wow. A private car person because huh. you're walking to the bus stop and you're walking at the other end and if you're really keen it's a sunny day maybe you don't get the bus at all and you walk all the way home or maybe you get <laughs> off a stop early and you walk home in that way so you will do more than you do if you're taking your own car and driving door to door um, for virus prevention you do want to um, we want those buses to be a little bit emptier so if people can go to work earlier if people can leave earlier or leave later people are starting to work from home which is um, excellent for um, physical distancing and that will free up the buses for the people who really need to take them. And, and that's really important just to reduce the amount of congestion that's on those buses rather than having people not taking the bus um, at all. Unless, of course, they can walk and cycle. And while we've still got good weather over the next couple of months, walking and cycling is perfectly um, reasonable in Wellington for anyone to do. And Wellington's already got the highest rate of people walking and cycling to work of any city in New Zealand. Woohoo! So you'll be with mm -hmm. there with loads <laughs> of other um, keen walkers and cyclists. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Oh, well, I guess you don't walk along the waterfront because you work <laughs> in Newtown. <laughs> in Newtown, but when you get to the waterfront on a you know on a February day with nice weather and it is just packed full of other cyclists, of walkers, and you're kind of like, you kind of sometimes you have these moments when everyone's like, yeah, look at us go, kind of thing. <laughs> but also sometimes in the winter you have those moments too. They're just fewer of you, but you're like. This weather is awful and we're still doing it. <laughs> yes. And as someone said, it's nothing to do with them. Um, it's not the weather, it's having the right clothing. And, you know, you just need to remember to bundle up and make sure you've got the right clothing on. And you can certainly always walk everywhere in Wellington, even when it is um, very high winds, as long as you're not older and frailer or have other disabilities. And in which case, you know, for people who need to use the car, they need to use a car. And I've got nothing against that. It's just that actually that's not 75% of us. 75 plus percent of us don't need to use a car. And so for those of us, we need to get out and about and be walking and cycling and using the scooters and using every other mode of transport that we've got available. Mm. So if you had a kind of, if you had, you know, 30 seconds in a room with someone who'd been all, you know, their whole life just driven from one place to the next and now they're maybe starting to think about their options. What would be, how would you kind of lead in or how would doctors, doctors for active and safe transport? I suppose I'd be wanting to find out what's really important to them in their life. 
Um, so two aspects here. What's important to you? And most people tell me that they want to live an independent life. People don't want to be dependent on others. And so if you want to live an independent life, your best chances are being fit and healthy through exercising every day, for which the commute means there's no extra time in your day taken up doing that, and eating a healthy diet. Um, and then they tell me, and then we talk about, well, what things do you enjoy doing? And actually, there's not many people who really hate walking. They know it, it does take a bit more time, but we could all do with probably setting off 10 to 20 minutes earlier. We'd be calmer, more relaxed, more time out in nature, and we wouldn't mind so much if people got in our way or we had um, hold-ups for any reason. There'd be less road rage if we all set off a bit earlier. Um, for the odd person who's never ridden a bike before and, and or hasn't ridden since childhood, there are loads of opportunities out there to buddy up with other cyclists. If you talk to Cycle Action, um, Wellington and other groups, they'll find someone to ride with you in the first instance. And there's places where you can learn to cycle and lots of um, Wellington City Council um, opportunities to get back on a bike or to learn to ride a bike in the first place. If you are really worried about those Wellington Hills or um, Wellington Wind, an e-bike's a really great option. And there's now the government subsidised scheme through many employers for those. And prices are coming down and there's more of them around. So there's even a secondhand market. Um, at this stage. So, you know, there's loads more opportunities for people to be able to get out there. And e-biking, while many people see it as a cheat, a bit like the other micromobility, <laughs> it has been shown that it's still better than being in a car. Yeah. And if you could just tell us a little bit about, by the way, I'm sure that person is definitely convinced after totally those convinced. <laughs> 30 seconds or a minute. Um, nice work. Um, if you could just tell us a little bit about how you ended up as a keen walker and cyclist. Is this something you've been doing your whole life? Um it is something I've been doing my whole life, although whether it was through choice or not, we grew up as a, you know, reasonably um poor family. We only had one car between the five of us. Dad needed to use it for work. And so the rest of us had to get around without one. There was none of this drop-offs for places after school because he wasn't at home to drop us off. So we had to get there by ourselves one way or another. And if we couldn't walk there, then we were cycling. By the age of 11, when I was first going to secondary school, um, I was cycling on my own to school because it was the quickest way to get there. And um, and lots of other kids cycled as well. And so, and we did cycling proficiency courses. I remember at the age of 10 going and doing our cycling proficiency around the playground so we knew what the road rules were, were and how to be safe on the roads and on the pavements and wherever we were cycling but I never cycled for fun I only ever cycled to get from A to B um, but because I needed to get from A to B quite a lot I did a lot of cycling mm. um, I was a fairly keen hill walker right from well maybe from my 20s I was an unkeen hill walker as a child moaned a lot <laughs> to my poor parents um, and lived Living in Wellington, I do just, I take great delight in the Wellington Hills and love that we have 200 kilometres of tracks that I can go walking in um, whenever I want to. And they're so beautifully cared for by the Wellington City Council and the Regional Parks Department. So that's just fantastic. But I walk for fun. Um, I run sometimes and I, I cycle just to get around. It's so much quicker. I don't have to worry about parking. I can take my bike anywhere. I do have an e-bike. I was an early adopter and I can get up all the hills and it doesn't matter about the wind. If it's over 90 k's an hour gust speed, I'll often uh, decide to walk instead of cycle. But you know, that actually doesn't happen that often. It's only a few times a year where I'd make a choice to walk instead of cycle. Mm. And if we can just finish up on maybe you've got a uh, top track or a top cycle 
route that you want to recommend that people might not have tried? Is there a part of the town belt that you particularly oh, love? Well, I don't think I could necessarily label a cycle route because I don't mountain bike. Although I look at the mountain bikers on Mount Vic and think, oh, maybe I should take that up. That does look like fun. <laughs> on the other hand, I really value my joints and would rather not break anything. <laughs> so obviously for cycling around the bays, it's just the best thing. And these days you can hire e-bikes down on the waterfront and do a, and go for a around the bays tryout. And that's just beautiful. Um, for running and walking, I lead a walking group every once a week from Wellington Hospital and we go for between 10 and 15 kilometres in the evening after work and we've got about 50 different routes all off-road that we go all over the place. But my favourite is probably to walk up the trip, tip track and to the windmill. What beautiful views. Right. <laughs> what? That is like the steepest track It's anywhere. so much good fun. And you know, the cyclists go really slowly and I'm a middle-aged woman and I can go walk and run faster than walk the teenage faster. cyclists and they're horrified because <laughs> they don't know that, uh, that a walker can go faster than them when it's that steep. <laughs> nice. Very nice. Um, anything we can expect to hear in the future from Doctors Against... Uh, why do I say again? Again, Doctors for Active Safe <laughs> Transport. We are going to be supporting the... We're going to be supporting the council and all their initiatives to improve the health of Wellingtonians. Wonderful. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to come and talk to B-Side Stories. Come back again sometime, Marion. No yes. problem. I'd love to. No yeah. doubt there's more to talk about. Yes. Uh, thanks for listening, Wellington. Do um, follow us online on our Facebook page and uh, subscribe to our podcast. See you next time. Ka kite.